This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Stocks are on sale again, particularly in one specific industry. And no, I'm not talking about the banks. That's a podcast for another day. But the area I am talking about is energy. So I've been waiting for six months for some of these stocks to break down in the oil and natural gas area. Oil and natural gas prices have both been coming down. Natural gas went, uh, you know, plunged way down and it's off those lows. Crude has been slowly declining from the Ukraine war highs over the last year. And now, WTI has finally gone back under 70, and it's trading closer down towards 65 even. Now, this is the area between 65 and 70 where the White House said that the Energy Department would be trying to start refilling the SPR. This is where they would put out the bids and um, you know, actually buy some crude at this level. So we'll see if that takes place in the next you know, near term week or so. If we get announcements, you can actually check Department of Energy's website. They will post it if they're gonna uh, put out the bids and try to buy some crude here. But that was a signal to the stocks. And so as the crude goes up, the stocks go up. As it comes down, the stocks come down. The producers are almost 100% unhedged on the oil side. A few on the natural gas, because that's so volatile, are still hedged on the natural gas side. But on oil, almost everybody's unhedged. So they will make less money as oil comes down. Now, all the producers are highly profitable over $60 a barrel, and we're still over the $60. And certainly where we've been for most of the first quarter, between $70 and $80, they're very profitable in that area. So it's no trouble paying you know, for the CapEx, their dividend, their base dividend, and then they'll have a little bit left over to either pay down debt or to do a variable again. But the variables won't be as high as what we saw last year when crude was above 100 for you know four, five, six months of last year. But now that it's broken down, um, how long will it stay at these levels? A lot of people think if the Department of Energy comes in and starts buying at the 65 to 70 level, then that will put a floor under it. But will it? Nobody knows. And so we're seeing a sell-off in all the energy stocks. And that includes the producers, but as well as others in the energy group that I do find to be a little more attractive here in 2023 than some of the producers. And I'm going to talk about those other stocks on this episode of the podcast. I've covered the producers several times in the last couple of years. I still like that group, even on these big pullbacks. But the the actual earnings look pretty good in a few other areas this year. Um, although I was kind of surprised at what I found when I looked at the actual earnings outlook. Um, so I wanted to look outside of the producers, like I said. And how do you know? How do you know how to find those? Well, I do own a couple in other areas outside of the producers in my various portfolios here at Zacks, in the Insider Trader and in 
the value investor. So the insiders have been buying in energy. They were last year. It's been quiet this year, but now that the stocks are uh, seeing a sharp sell-off once again, some of them are at 52-week lows. Then uh, you know maybe some of the insiders will be stepping back in to purchase again here in 2023. So the first area I looked at is called field services on Zacks.com, oil and gas uh, dash. Field services. So we mainly just call this the services side. And what does that mean? These are the companies that help the oil companies get the oil and natural gas out of the ground, basically, in, in a nutshell. So this is the services. You hire them for their services, basically. So, oh, I, I really want to drill an XYZ location. I don't have a rig. Uh, I, I need some help with this. I'll hire this company to come in there and help me get it out of the ground. So that's what they do. And in the market cycle, services usually is not a good place you want to be in the beginning as oil prices start to rise. But as the oil price rises and the oil companies get into the profitable zone, the area where the price is high enough that they're making money, then the oil companies start to say, hey, if we only drilled more, we would make even more money. So then they start to invest. They start to invest in the actual production and then they get on the on the phone, send that email or that text over to the services company and say, yeah, we're going to need a couple more rigs at this location. And so then the services start to see a lot of business, but it's a little bit into the next cycle is when the services start to see business. And remember on the services side, it doesn't really matter um, once they get the call where crude is trading, but these stocks will still sell off as crude uh, you know, goes up or down. They will still be impacted by that, but it doesn't go directly to their earnings. Because remember, it's, it's the companies calling them up and saying, we need help. And then you know they're they're sending the bill to the company. They're not making all their money off of getting uh, you know, selling the crude on the open market, in other words, like the producers are. So that's why they're in a little bit better place. And that's why I like them here in 2023 after a couple of years of this new energy cycle. So their industry rank right now for, for oil and gas field services is 65 out of 249. We have 249 industries in the Zacks industry rank. So they're in the top 26%. That's pretty good. I like to see them in the top 50. So I'm, I'm pleased with that. And, um, you know, usually that indicates something is going pretty good with the earnings estimates with those companies. So let's take a look at a couple of the companies. So I just picked out a couple well-known names. There's a couple big guys. We all know who they are. And then I picked one smaller one because I have looked at it in the past and I am somewhat familiar with them. So the first one out is SLB, formerly known as Schlumberger. They did change their name recently to just SLB. And that is the ticker. S is in Sam, L is in Larry, B is in boy, SLB. There is X number three rank right now. This one is not as cheap on a PE basis as the rest of the stocks I'm going to talk about. 
people pay a premium for Schlumberger or SLB. And so you pay up a little bit for it. But the shares have come down, so it has gotten a little bit cheaper. So it has a PE of 16.4, but a PEG of 0.4. So any PEG ratio under one usually indicates that a company is both value and growth. Because remember, the PEG measures the PE and the growth. So you want under one, and this is at 0.4. So it does have the value component plus the growth component. And why why does it have the growth component? So in 2023, it's expected to make $3.02. That's up 38.5% from last year when they made $2.18. Again, we're getting longer in the cycle and at uh, you know, Towards the end of last year, more companies started calling Schlumberger and saying, we need your help. We're going to need your help in 2023. So they're busier than ever and their earnings are on the rise. 2024 expected to be up another 25.3% to $3.78. So usually these cycles last more than just one year and the money is flowing there with the producers. They have the cash. They're going to go out and start to invest. So you see a multi-year gains in earnings. Uh, They do pay a dividend yielding 2% right now. And these shares are now down 15% year to date. So they have come off those highs and they're sliding here now that crude is back under 70. So I do consider this to be a buying opportunity in these energy names. So be sure to keep them on your watch list. Okay, the next one is also one of the big guys that we've all heard about, Halliburton, ticker HAL. I own it in the Zach's Value Investor. And it's basically done a round trip in the last year uh, from before the Ukraine war. And it's given back all those gains. And year to date, it's now down 23.4%. So the shares are cheaper than they have been for the last year. PE is at 10.9 or oops, 10.8, sorry, 10.8, got to get it right. And the PEG is just 0.25. So it's cheaper on a PE basis than Schlumberger, um, but, and the PEG is a little bit cheaper too. But it too has tremendous uh, earnings growth potential here. So 2023 expected to make 309 versus 215 last year. That's up 43.7%. 2024 expected to see another gain of 21.7% to $3.76. They also pay a dividend yielding 1.9%. They only have just started upping the dividend because their free cash flows are looking better than ever now that the earnings machine is ramping up. Halliburton is a Zach's number three. And remember the threes are just holds, nothing wrong with them but they're just in the middle of the pack there because these uh, earnings estimates, they reported a while ago, not much has changed with the earnings estimates. So they've fallen just back down to a number three, but that's Halliburton ticker HAL. And then a small player also in the services side is next tier oil field solutions, ticker NEX. N is in Nancy, E is in Edward, X as an X-ray. They have a market cap of just two billion. So when I say small, I am saying small. They're in North America, but similar 
um, you know, services to the producers. What do they look like? Their shares are dirt cheap right here at a forward PE of just 3.3 times. They're almost like giving it away. Year to date, the shares are now down 16.5%, so they've gotten cheaper than ever. PEG is a little bit more elevated. It is over one at 1.3, but that's still pretty low. But you're not getting quite as much of the good combination of the growth and value with the PEG over one, but I'll still take that. So what is it looking like for 2023? Earnings expected to be $2.58. They made only $1.58 last year, so that's up 63%. Next year, however, analysts a little more pessimistic on this one, seeing it down 11.2% to 229 for 2024. So that's something to watch. Uh, that could be something that's just happening here in the US, maybe with shale. Maybe they think there's going to be a little less investment going into 2024 than versus this year, but still cheap, as I said, with a 3.3 PE. So those are the three I picked out just for services. There's a whole bunch of other ones, but as I said, I do like the services here and it's something to check out and keep on your watch list. With some of them, you are getting like at least a moderate dividend with some of them now. So that's also something to keep in mind. Now, the other area I picked out was refining. And these are obviously refining, but it also includes marketing, which is the service stations. So it depends on which one you're buying, who has what. (laughs) But it's the refining industry, and this one ranks 19th out of 249. That's in the top 8%. So I'm liking that right now in the top eight. Um, however, these uh, the two I picked out, the earnings estimates are expected to be lower than last year when the crack spread was super favorable and the companies all saw huge earnings growth last year. They're still going to see very nice years here in 2023 just off that crazy highs from last year. So the first stock out of the gate is Valero Energy, ticker V as in Victor L. O, V as in Victor, L as in Larry O. And it's a Zach's number one rank right now. And why is that? Because one estimate is up in the last week here on 2023, and none have been lowered in the last 60 days. So some of the analysts are getting a little more bullish on the refining group in just the last week. PE is just 5.4 on the Laro. PEG is at 0.9, so it does have the growth and the value. Year to date, these shares are only down 1.9%. So the refining group has held it, you know, held some of its gains this year better than the services or the producers have. Both of them are down pretty big, but Valero down just 1.9, still cheap, as I said. What do the earnings look like? As I mentioned, they are expected to be down this year off of last year's very uh, high level. So 2023 expected to see 24.37. That's down 16% from 29.16 last year. And then another decline in 2024 to 16.57, down 32%. But you're still getting the cheap stock, even with it uh, lowering like that. But as I said, analysts have been 
uh, still raising these estimates for 2023. They were maybe a little too pessimistic on what it was going to look like on the earnings side. And so they're starting to uh, get a little more bullish on the group. Valero does pay a dividend and it's yielding 3.1%. And then the last stock also in this group that I chose was Marathon Petroleum. Ticker M is in Mary, P is in Paul, C is in Cat, MPC. And there's X number two rank, that's the buy. And that's also because one estimate was higher for the last week for 2023. So, like I said, the analysts are getting bullish on several of the names in this group. Now, they, they definitely have uh, refining and service stations, so keep that in mind. Uh, you can go to your Marathon gas station in your neighborhood and fill up. Okay, so what does it look like on the PE basis? It's looking at 6.5 times, so dirt cheap there, and a peg of just 0.2, so really low peg, so both value and growth. 2023 expected to see 1963 versus 2616 last year. That's down 25%. And then another decline like Valero is expected to see in 2024 up to 1188. Uh, that's down about 40%, however, from 2023. But it's a little too early to know what's really going to be going on in the energy complex um, as we head into the end of the year. So that likely will change as well. They do pay a dividend yielding 2.4%. And the shares are actually up on the year, up 4.2%. So not going a lot of places, but given the weakness in the overall market, that's outperforming better than some other uh, you know, industries are right now. So investors are still hanging around in these refining stocks and the service stations. They're not so much in the services, they've started to sell those off and they've really sold off on the producer side. A lot of them, as I said, are back to 52 week lows and back to pre-Ukraine war levels. So giving back all that gain. However, if you were an owner of any of the producers or at least many of them, they paid out uh, you know, tremendous uh, dividends and even share buybacks to their shareholders in the last year. So you, all was not lost if you had bought and held and now you've round tripped back down, right? Because a lot of them were paying double digit dividend yields and some still are paying uh, at least close to the double digits now. But as I mentioned, with crude back down under 70, they're unhedged. So uh, that's going to have an impact directly on earnings for the producers. And the earnings for the first quarter are going to be lower than what they were in um, you know, some of the quarters last year. But still over 70 for most of the quarter means uh, quite nice free cash flows for many of the energy producing stocks. And the other two, not as dependent on the price of oil per se, uh, though refining is a little more dependent on crack spreads and things. And then service side is just um, an uptick in their business is happening because now the producers are investing more. But we're still in the earlier stages of this new energy cycle. So um, it's playing out as the other ones tend to do. And so 
on these kinds of sell-offs, it's not a bad idea to have a watch list and keep track of, you know, maybe when you might want to either add to your positions or start a new position in some of these energy names. I know they're still hated by many, but I'm liking the dividends. I'm liking what the balance sheets are looking like. After the last year, with all of that free cash flow that they had, many paid down considerable amounts of debt now. So I've always said they were lean, mean fighting machines, but they really are that now. And the inventory levels are not high. So we have some good dynamics in the industry for the energy bulls which should keep energy prices somewhat elevated here um, as we head into the summer and the peak driving period. It also helps that China's reopened. Today as I'm recording this on March 15th is the first day that they're allowing tourists and travelers to come in with visas now. So their, their reopening is complete. We're just waiting to see if their economy gets a bump here over the next several months and the demand for oil increases. But otherwise, as I said, I'm still an energy fan and I wait for these pullbacks. And just for your own FYI, Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway did step in last week in March, the second week of March there um, to buy some more Occidental, to add to their Occidental position. They do have to tell us when they buy because he is over the the 5% or 10% ownership position there in Occidental now. So they do have to disclose it. We don't know what else he's doing. We don't know if he's buying some more Chevron on this pullback or maybe a completely new energy company. We don't know, but he has been quiet for the last several months as the energy stocks just had not really sold off yet. We're not super cheap, but now they are. So I take that as a sign. Uh, if you have cash on hand and you're already in this area, um, you know maybe it's time to deploy it like Berkshire Hathaway is starting to do. But that being said, we could still go lower. It will trade on the price of crude. So if we take out that 65, a lot of these stocks are going to get real hammered and they'll look very intriguing at those levels. So let me recap the stocks we talked about. There was SLB, formerly known as Schlumberger, ticker SLB. Then we had Halliburton, still known as Halliburton, ticker HAL. Then we had Next Tier Oil Field Solutions, they are NEX. Then on the refining side, we had Valero Energy, just your basic big refiner out there. Everybody knows Valero, right? Ticker VLO. And then we had Marathon Petroleum, ticker MPC. And just another word of advice, you don't have to get fancy with energy. There's some of these big players everybody knows, but the big players are just as cheap as the small ones. So it doesn't, you don't have to get fancy, don't have to try to find some hidden gem because all of them are right now, or at least most of them. So um, don't be afraid to buy some of the big stocks here in energy. And as always, I'm bringing you as many cheap stocks as I can every week on the Value Investor Podcast. 
So be sure to subscribe, get us on Apple Podcasts, get us on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music. You can get us on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel with all of our podcasts at Zach's Podcast on YouTube, or get us on on our normal YouTube channel. And you can also get us on our own website on zax.com. We have a whole podcast page, get all the podcasts. We're producing some interesting content right now, so you don't wanna miss out on the um, interesting ETF podcast we have with Nina Mishra and some of the ones on uh, psychology that we have with Kevin Cook. But make sure you're getting all of our podcasts. Go to zax.com, uh, click on the podcast link right at the top of the page. And as always, I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.